Hello, and welcome to a hiatus bonus episode of Ghoul Talk. Um, this is Daniel, and with me, as always, is not Lindsay, uh, because I'm recording this by myself really quickly. Um, basically, we're switching podcast platforms, um, our hosting platforms, and so it does not matter at all. But one small side effect of that is that the archive of our old show, which was called Castle Lingus, and which has lived on our SoundCloud page for a while, um, will be going away in a couple of months. And so it seemed like between uh, the lack of new episodes, because I am awful at scheduling and planning stuff, and that development in our hosting stuff, that now was a good time to take all the old ghost stories from our old podcast and crop them out and re-release them uh, as bonus episodes in the Ghoul Talk feed so that um, the ghost stories that people submitted us to us and then that we uh, read on that podcast would not be lost to time forever because obviously uh, they are <laughs> worthy of preservation. Uh, anyway, this is one of those episodes... Um, the episode description will have the titles of the stories and the date that they originally aired. So check that out if you're interested. Uh, and otherwise, we should be back with some new episodes relatively shortly. Uh, and in the meantime, I hope you enjoy these. Okay, thanks. So for like a little intro, because a lot of my ghost stories, not all of them, but like a lot of the ones that I've shared with Lindsay before, especially... Um, involve me living in a convent um and so i am a you know cis male like i was born a man so it's very weird that i've lived in a convent um but i kind of did um for about a decade when i was younger um so just to kind of back up and explain that uh i grew up in a small city in maryland just across the border from washington dc and my parents were really catholic uh, i started attending the daycare center of the local parish at the age of two uh, the daycare center was run by one of the parish nuns, Sister Mary. We'll call her for this. That's not her real name. Uh, and the daycare was located in the basement and first floor of the parish convent. So across the street from the church, and there was a school, like an elementary school, and then there was this convent that also had the daycare center in it. As I grew up, I made my way to the local elementary school next door, which was run by another nun and staffed by several more. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, my brother, who was two years my senior, got an after-school job at the J Care Center for Sister Mary. The duties involved mostly cleaning up after children and helping to keep an eye on them when they played. The following year, I began working there as well, along with two other kids we knew. I'll call them Tommy and Jack. As we got to know the place better, we became almost little superintendents of the building, doing minor repairs and much more intensive cleaning projects, waxing floors, shampooing carpets, painting, things like that, on nights and weekends, as well as all day during the summers. We also began to live at the convent many weekends and over holidays in order to dog sit for the nuns and to complete larger projects like the aforementioned waxing and shampooing and stuff while the daycare center was empty. Because you can't do that stuff when there are kids there. Um, so these periods of living at the convent happened pretty frequently and were incredibly formative for me uh, as it kind of gave us the freedom to relax and congregate away from adult supervision uh, while at the same time learning a really strong work ethic. So it was a very formative time for me, and it was at a kind of age where that was, you know, really influenced, I think, who I became as a person. Um, they also allowed us to experience a bunch of different frightening events as we slowly learned how kind of haunted and creepy and mysterious the comment was. Um, 
So some of these tales are longer stories, and others are kind of just strange occurrences that took place without much to say other than what happened. Uh, for example, a doll that moved ever so slightly when you looked away, and the imprint of a face uh, being left on the outside of a third-story window where it would have been nearly impossible for any person to reach, uh, staring in in the direction of where we were sleeping. Um so, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> um, but to give you kind of more of an idea of what I'm talking about, I have one of the shorter stories that I kind of wrote up uh, for myself so that I wouldn't ramble through it um, that I would like to tell you all now. Uh, and it's called The Barbie Phone. So one summer, Sister Mary and the other nuns were all going to be out of town on various vacations for about two weeks total. During this time, my brother and I were working eight to six, five days a week at the daycare center. So when we were asked to stay there to watch the dogs and wax the floors in all the classrooms over the two-week vacations, it made perfect sense. We'd be able to wake up and walk down to work and get all of our extra work done at night while feasting on instant mac and cheese, whiskey, and anything else we could find in the nun's pantry. All of this was part of the agreement, aside from the drinking. Rather than getting the waxing done over the course of two weeks, we had waited and ended up needing to do it all in the last two nights, which meant moving a lot of furniture, tables, chairs, refrigerators, heavy cabinets, off of the linoleum tiled floors and back after the waxing was done. We started in the back two rooms of the first floor, the butterfly room and clown room, respectively, and worked separately to clear them. Then we joined forces in the turtle room, one of the larger rooms, where the center's oldest kids would be during business hours. As we moved the furniture over to the carpeted side of the room, uh, a toy Barbie phone on one of the shelves started to ring. We were startled at first, but figured that we had bumped into it, or that the vibrations of putting down a heavy piece of furniture had caused it to go off somehow, so we kept moving. A few minutes later, it happened again, and we both looked at each other and said simply, what the fuck? My brother went over to the shelf and pulled the phone off. He held the fake receiver to his ear, paused, and then looked across the room at me and said, is this thing supposed to make static? I think it's broken. I told him that, yeah, it's supposed to be a sort of, you know, talk to a kid with Barbie, so when they push a button, and so it was probably just the batteries crapping out or something resulting in, you know, the white noise instead of a delightful conversation with Barbie. So he set it back down, and we moved another table, and a few minutes later, the phone rang again. My brother decided to cut to the chase and take the batteries out but he needed a screwdriver to do so, so he took it down the hall to the supply-slash-cubby room that was located in between the clown and butterfly rooms so that he could get a screwdriver and take the batteries out. When he was gone, it felt really quiet in the turtle room, so I started moving smaller pieces of furniture by myself while I waited for him to come back. It felt like it was taking a really long time, and I started to get a weird feeling. Eventually, after what felt like forever was probably only two minutes tops, he returned perfectly fine. He'd taken the batteries out and left the toy down the hall. Fuck that thing, dude, he said, and I agreed. We continued working and got the floor cleared off after my brother strapped the refrigerator to his back and walked it down the other half of the room. I started sweeping, and he was about to run down to the basement to get the waxing supplies, when all of a sudden we heard it. It was faint, but it was there. From down the hall, we could hear the Barbie phone ringing. I thought you took the batteries out, dude, I said in disbelief. He turned around with a kind of terrified look on his face and said, I did, and produced the two Dead Sea batteries from his back pocket. As the phone continued to ring, we stood in silence for about a minute before reaching the conclusion that any smart 14 and 16-year-olds would and decided to grab the phone and run as fast as we could out the back door and into the trash yard where it would meet its demise in a trash can and never be heard from again. Whew, that's good stuff. <laughs> oh my god. That's one I hadn't heard yet you guys oh sorry 
Oh my god. A plus though. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. So you put it in the trash can. Yeah. We like threw it outside away. into a big outdoor trash can and just went back inside, finished our work, and we, you know, the trash got taken out on Monday and it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yikes. <sighs> uh, Sorry, yeah, that was like super awkward to read through it, but I feel like it made it go much quicker and made sure that I didn't miss any beats. So sorry for my awkward reading. No, I thought that was great, great storytelling. I really liked that one. Um, I'd like at the next time, maybe if you could talk more about the face in the window. Oh, sure. Um, that's terrifying too. <laughs> um, okay, well, so that's that's you the one you wanted to tell today, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got more, but, you know, we'll get to them. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are plenty more, you guys, and they're all terrifying. Um, Okay. Well, I have one as well. It's actually about a mutual friend of um, Daniel and mine. So I also wrote it out. um, (laughs) So whatever. It might be awkward. This one is called The Mill House. So Daniel and I have this mutual friend. She recently purchased an 18th century mill house in rural Virginia. And she and her husband purchased the mill house so they could rehabilitate it and restore it. It, it was in kind of disrepair. It had been lived in by different people over you know decades. The mill is still in operation, but it's a museum. So it isn't being taken care of by the, the mill museum. It's just a house that's there. So she works in historic preservation, and he's a museum conservator. So they've both had a lot of experience with house restoration. So this was kind of a, a labor of love for them. And given the age of the building and the inevitabilities of life and death, it's it was hardly surprising to them that any that like many natural human milestones were crossed within the walls, you know, births, deaths, that sort of thing. Um, and they also weren't surprised that you know former inhabitants and neighbors shared a lot of experiences that they had had that they couldn't quite explain. Um, For example, some people who had lived and visited the house told our friend that they'd seen a woman they'd never seen before or since just sitting in a chair. They'd see her through the window. Sometimes when they'd visit the house, she would just be there. But there was no explanation for her presence. Uh, One other previous owner used to tell her grandchildren that one particular area in the yard was a fairyland full of good fairies and spirits that they could talk to and play with if they were in that part of the yard. Our, our friend and her husband, through um, you know some historical document research, they later discovered conclusive evidence that that particular area of their yard had once been a cemetery, though none of the grave markers remained. So the grandmother actually didn't know that. And when they shared the information with her, she just said she could sense it. So even with all of this, neither our friend nor her husband, neither of them is particularly superstitious. So when they heard some of these stories of spectral inhabitants, they really didn't think a whole lot of it until one night, several months after they had finished the house restoration. Our friend was home with their dogs and her husband was out of town. She was at her kitchen sink when she felt two slow, deliberate taps on her shoulder. And she froze and slowly turned around. And in that moment, she quickly remembered that she was the only person in the room and the only person at home. She says she isn't sure who tapped her on the shoulder, but she feels pretty sure that they're happy that she's saving their house. 
Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I uh, got yeah. some got some legit goosebumps off of that one. Yeah, man. Pretty, and I love simple. that pretty you tied practice. it in to historical research because you know mm. that's like a good throwback to Outlander. Oh yeah, we, we should call too. this mutual friend of ours Frank, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's not though. Oh, <laughs> man. Have... Yeah. No. Uh, no. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good. Mm. That's yeah. like super creepy that there was a mm-hmm. cemetery there. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> no, um, and that the markers aren't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that it was just something they discovered researching the property and doing, yeah, yeah, deed research. They... But yeah, that's good. Yeah. It's good that all he did was tap, that all the ghosts did was tap. That's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, great this, about the, that. right. The especially scary part of it, I think, is that. They've they've redone many different buildings and homes and had a bunch of projects like this where they've heard similar things but they've never right. experienced them themselves. Right. So they're this not like one, repeat offenders just making up tall tales. <laughs> no, and nor are they particularly sensitive, I guess, if right. you will. Um, Creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been so. in some empty old houses and and felt pretty scared, but not, never anything like that. So that's fun. No conclusive, <laughs> yeah, no conclusive, uh, right? <laughs> conclusive evidence. No touching, yeah. no touching at least. No touching, yeah, yeah, I know. But this mutual friend of ours is is just you know I, the spirits just must find her more friendly. I I don't know. Maybe I put off a vibe. Well, she is pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.